the first episode of Word. Word. Uh, we are your hostesses, Sid and Shay. And we're just going to be talking about words, with words, by mm-hmm. words, and about words. All about words. All about them. Just, you know? it's, it's matrix level of words right now. Yeah. Inception, if you will. We words shall dive deeper and mm-hmm. we'll see where we find ourselves. We will find ourselves. We will find ourselves. Mm-hmm. Self-discovery. That's all the rage these days. Um, Not Gen, Gen Z stuff. Which we are. Which we are Gen Z. Fun fact. That's your first fact about us. Yeah. And it's our names. And our names. And that we're doing this podcast. We are doing a podcast. About words. About words. It's called Word? Word. There we go. So, our first kind of segment will be, you make me sick. sick. With brackets. Yeah, it's like the S-I-C. It's pretty clever, actually, if you see it. It's like a visual pun. It's a visual pun. You would like it, don't worry. I think you would. Mm -hmm. So... This segment, we are going to be talking about tropes. Mm-hmm. If we like them. If we don't like them. If they make us sick. And some how. Do. Some of them do. And how to make them better. Make them better? What if there's any redeeming qualities about these tropes that do not, not activate our fire flight system? Mm-hmm. Yes. And some of them might not. And that's okay. <laughs> and if your opinion that, uh, differs from ours, then um, let us know. Wherever you can. But like not Twitter. But not Twitter. Not nowadays. Not now. Mm-mm. Don't put your opinions on there. No. Anyways, yeah. so we're gonna start off um pretty hot with pretty hot. uh destined to be together. Mm. So this is your So it's like your soulmate? Your soulmate, yeah. your fate, your you know, you have to end up together. How do we feel about this one? So I feel like it can be contrived. Okay. It can be very contrived, no doubt about it. I feel like it can also be just fun to read too, right? Mm-hmm. Because it can be interesting, I think, because especially if you know that they are like destined to be together, like at the initial kind of start of things or pretty early on, but then there's kind of conflict along the course and like, especially conflict that's like pretty severe. It can make it more interesting to see, like, okay, I know they end up together somehow. Yeah, like, and I'm kind of sure they do. It kind of gives you some kind of like reassurance that mm-hmm. it may be awful right now. Like, yes. They'll, they'll end up together in the end. Exactly. And so it's kind of like, you know, something to fall back on. It's a security thing. It's a security blanket, yeah. Because here's the thing it is the absolute worst feeling when you when you invest, you know, your time, your mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. your emotional regulation, mm-hmm. um, your and, sleep. That too. Uh, in a book or a movie or a show or a fanfic. There's something like, like 300k fanfic like destined to be together. I'm just gonna put that out there. Um Theory but stuff. yeah. Um and then like you're reading it, you're like, okay, you know, I'm getting into this, I'm getting invested, like and then it ends with just misery. Mm-hmm. And I am now miserable. Mm-hmm. And like I'm already miserable. I only mean, like this book to make it so. Yeah, my book yeah. is already yeah. Don't need to compound the issue. Yeah, don't yeah. need to make it that much worse. Exactly. I feel like... Wait, can I just say? Yes, go. I feel like we're both, would you agree with this, like fairly escapist readers? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I want to take myself somewhere else mm-hmm. because it's bound to be more exciting than where I am right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when like reading escapism, I feel like when it ends terribly, it kind of defeats some of the purpose of the escapism. Yeah. yeah. It's like I 
if I wanted to be disappointed, I would just go to work or something. I would just stay in reality. Yeah, I would just be here. I'd go on Twitter, mm. you know? Oh, God. But with Destined to Be Together, I feel like that trope is so incredibly intertwined in YA. Yeah. That when it is mixed in with all the other dystopian faction, whatever mm. kind of things, mm-hmm. it just is so boring and yeah. so predictable because like it always is within this like realm of dystopian like the world is ending it's just us two mm-hmm. not necessarily that they're destined to be together but they're like together because they're it they, feels like their fates are intertwined yeah yeah no i get that and it's just like it's sometimes it's just exhausting yeah like no offense, but like Divergent, mm. it was just so. Like I feel like the whole faction thing, yeah, but the destined to be together was just in your face all the time. Exactly. And it's just like, can you just give me a little something else? Like, can you be a little bit more like subtle or surprising? See, or interesting when you're saying the love interest. A good example, mm. I would say, is Maximum Ride. Did you ever read those? I did. It's been a minute. With Max and Fang. Yes. Was like... I forget how their relationship starts out. Well, they're all experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, With the wings. They're all winged children. Yes. And like a, like sometimes, spoiler throughout, there's this guy named Dylan, who's supposed to be her perfect match. Um, yes, I remember so, now. But he, you're like, ew, I hate him. Like, I yes. am rooting for Fang. Mm-hmm. Because... Oh my god, hot boy, childhood best friends to lovers. Yes. We need that. That actually brings me to my next point, though, which okay. is like about Justin and me together. I feel like it can be interesting, especially when it subverts that trope. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you have like people who are set up, you know, in the universe or even by the book or like by the author, you know, that they use those tropes really intelligent, like really cleverly, um, and like kind of then throw you like a curveball, right? Of like, a, actually, like, no, 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 we have this going on. Yeah, yeah, we have something a little bit different going on. Yeah, exactly. It could be, it could be used well. It's not my favorite, um, but I feel like it goes well with a slow burn. Yeah. That's how I feel like Maximum Ride is, because it's like, what, like eight books or something? Mm-hmm. And so it's a very slow burn of Max and Fang's relationship, especially when they throw in Dylan, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he's... Who she's meant to be, I'm pretty sure that's his name. I honestly don't remember. I mean, Dylan is honestly a hilarious name for a villain. I will say that. <laughs> I didn't say he was a villain. I mean, is he an antagonist? Honestly, I don't remember. It's been a while. But I just knew he was in there, and they were like supposed to be like meant to be. Hmm. Um, but it didn't. But I feel like he never really... So, based on my vague recollections, okay. I feel like he never really fully like joined the little like found family gang. Yeah. Which also family life group. Love that. Love it. We'll talk Another about that. Another episode. Another episode, yes. <laughs> um, but because he never like joined that, I feel like there must have been like some sort of reason for that, right? Mm-hmm. And Probably. Like, yeah. Because I feel like if he was like a chill dude, he would have been inducted, you know? But he yeah. wasn't. I, feel like I there think must he was like a reason plot, for that. Like a plant. A plant. Yes, that makes sense. I feel like that's correct. Yeah. But also, yeah. am I just making this up? If you are, mm-hmm. I would not know the difference. Fair enough. So it's like, also I said he was a plan. So if I'm making this up. Are you making this up? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I wouldn't mind. Um, scale of zero to 10. 
Ooh, I did not know we were going to be rating today. I feel like it. Okay, it we, get, we can rate. We were both we were pro and against in some situations. So mm-hmm. I think it makes sense to rate them. I get the, I'm feeling optimistic today. I give it a six. <gasps> That's what I was thinking. Oh, really? I was thinking a six. Six oh or. I don't want to say seven, so maybe six, six and a half. I feel like seven's too high. Seven is way too high. Seven's passing. Yeah. Six is, but like barely. I feel like even though there's only like a one degree difference between six and seven, like it, it feels more. No, it feels know? so much more. Yeah. All right. All right. Good deal. Um, do you want me to do mine now? Or yeah, okay. we'll go back and forth. So going down a similar kind of more romantic trope kind of thing, I love Opposites Attract. Yes. I'm just going to come out the gate, get my opinion. Go for it. Opposites Attract. behind you. Like that kind of like moon, sun energy, you know, where like, here's the thing about Opposites Attract, right? Like it doesn't, I feel like matter so much if the the two people are like at their core, super different. Mm -hmm. I think it's more about how they present themselves to the world. Because you can be Opposites Attract and have the same moral compass. Exactly. Or like, you can be opposite the track where like, you know, one is like more reserved and the other is more outgoing, but like still have like similar kind of like, you know, anxieties mm-hmm. or that sort of thing as mm-hmm. well. And I mean, I am thinking about some YA stuff and that. Well, I was thinking like opposite to tract is a great way to enhance tropes. Yes. Like I'm thinking about Destiny to be together. That's this is true. It's this almost is true. like enemies to lovers I... in a way. Love, yeah. Know what? I think that those two pair really well together. Yeah. Actually, like, well, because it's not that we did it next to each other. Oh my god! Oh my god. Did we plan this? We didn't. We did not. <laughs> there was very little planning involved. There was very little planning. We said, let's just jump into it. Let's jump in. And we did. Mm-hmm. No, I think opposites attract is so great, especially, and we had meant we had mentioned this, not this episode but before of like. Golden Retriever, mm. golf e- girl, golf girl, emo girl, yeah, e- girl, you know, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or tall, dark, tall, dark, handsome, ray of sunshine, ray of sunshine, golden child, golden girl. So not a golden girl, but no, golden I mean, girl. maybe, maybe golden girl, maybe golden girl, maybe she wants to have a tall, dark, and handsome. She probably does. Rest in peace. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I can think of so many examples of that too, and like I think that when you get into more like destined to be together paired with the opposite attract it almost has this sort of like eternal soul like feeling mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. of like it just makes sense and like i think the other thing i like about opposite track going off of this is that like it really does lend strength to the whole idea of relationships being about people bringing out each other's best qualities mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. of like working together of you know strength and weaknesses varying but together being a stronger team because of your relationship each other. One that sticks out in my mind um, is in The Lion King 2, <laughs> um, Kovu mm-hmm. and Kiara, I think was Simba and Nala's kid's name. I don't know, but I do know that the song We Are One from The Lion King 2 <laughs> makes me cry every time I listen to it. So sure, <laughs> yeah, I'll agree to anything. Yeah, um, I think because like Kovu is, um, you know, Scar's son. So he has like, right. Yeah, it is Kiara. Oh my god, I remembered it. Wait, so, so like, are they cousins? They're lions. Oh my god. 
It doesn't matter. They're lying. Sure. But like, look at like they're so like. Yeah. He's so like dark, and you need to see this insanely sexy cartoon lion. Okay, Buzzfeed. <laughs> Calm it down. Okay, but they're not wrong. I mean, they're they're not wrong. Mm -mm. But like, look at him. If he was a man. Oh. Like. I am a gay woman, and like I, I can acknowledge that like that you can is a good looking, a hot that lion. is a good looking anthropomorphic lion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, like that is so like he's bad boy, you know, come from the badlands, yeah, like the son of Scar, and then mm -hmm. you have like Angel Baby Kiara, who's like daughter of Lion, like Simba and Nala. So like they're so, you know, like opposite. But in that way, like you said, they bring out the best in each other. Like exactly. they are able between the two of them to unite the two prides to kind of overlook and like kind of like get past the backstory and the trauma of where Kovu came from and all mm -hmm. these like hateful lionesses, lionesses, um, and kind of like build the pride better than it was. Yeah. And so it's building up those characteristics in mm -hmm. each other, even though they are opposite. Yeah. And like, to give another example, um, if anyone here has like even just put, put a little tiny tippy toe into the uh, My Hero Academia fandom mm -hmm. and fanfic, um, there is so much. Like one of those popular pairings, I feel like is um, you're not gonna know this, but that's okay. <laughs> um, Aizawa showed up, a racer head and uh, Yamazashi present Mike, which you saw present Mike. He's I, the guy with like the banana hair. Oh yeah. yeah it was yeah, like, yeah. are you ready? And then it was just like crickets. Mm -hmm. It was like, I did yeah, like that. I did enjoy Nobody, him. yeah, nobody helped him out. Yeah, but like hype up everybody. Exactly. But people like to pair them together a lot because they have such, I think, different personalities. But at the same time, they're working towards a shared goal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, of you know helping their students, of you know being good heroes, etc. But they just go about this in like very different kind of ways and with different energies. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah. Also, they are uh, teenage slash childhood friends. So that's right. Yeah. Another trip, just another trip. Dashing coming them. soon. <laughs> coming soon. The, the episode near you. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Anything um, else you want to say about it, or move on to the next one? No, I think uh, I think we've covered our I feel like I could probably go on and on about different examples. Same. Um. So. Also, just genuinely, I think it's cute. I, I just think it's cute. Oh no, so cute. So and cute. that's not argument I need. It's cute. It's cute. I like it. And what about it? What about it? What about it? End of story. End Thank of you. story. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You couldn't see it, but I did do a very aggressive kind of like head nod to the side. What about it? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Alright. One that the next one I'm gonna bring up is the trope of amnesia. <laughs> I feel like amnesia is a very lazy, um, a lazy tactic. Mm. I feel like just start them as a baby then. Like, it's <laughs> just like the, they know nothing, they know no one. Mm -hmm. Um, like, can I just, what are you like envisioning for like the amnesia? Like, as a, I'm assuming like a, as a plot device? Yeah. Yeah. I would say like as a plot device of like, Somebody, I don't know, let's say a princess mm -hmm. escaping okay. hits her head. 
doesn't oh, know who yeah. she is. Mm-hmm. And everybody's treating her like she's like garbage. And it's like, oh my god, actually, like Rapunzel, which Rapunzel doesn't have amnesia. But I feel she like was, you could easily add amnesia into Rapunzel. You though. could, uh, you yeah. 1000%, you could make, mm-hmm. like, if you, you could easily make, like, take out Mother Gothel completely yeah. and just put amnesia in. Like Snow White, just yes. like, she didn't have amnesia, I don't think. Honestly, it's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. But just like, have her be like dumb and helpless and then like have to rely on other people. Like, I feel like mm. there's other ways to go about it. I don't feel like I've seen amnesia used. In a very like unique or like exciting way. Yeah. I will say. Give it to me. I have read two fan fictions. Of course. They're I think they read the same author actually. Uh, Sulky Bender on Ao3. Um, shout out. Shout out. Um, they wrote two fics. It's with um, Zuko and Sokka. That's the pairing okay. from like After the Last Airbender. And I like it because I will say this. Basically, the premise of this is that it's set post-canon. So after they've, spoiler saved the world. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen Avatar Last Airbender yet. What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop doing? this podcast and, and go watch that. But then come back and finish it. I mean, come back and finish it, yeah. But like, I will say, I feel like Avatar is something a little bit. That's a cultural question. Touchstone. Oh, of course. Right now. Of course. Yeah. Um, but it's set post-canon after... And in this, you know, thick as well, they have a developed a relationship, you know, like through bonding, like, you know, their Zuko's whole redemption arc after all that occurs and during all that, you know, they have like the boiling rock mm-hmm. episodes where like they really bond with the whole iconic line. That's rough, buddy. Um, <laughs> love it. But it's said my girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. It's rough, buddy. Um, <laughs> iconic. Iconic. But it's set after that with Sequence of Fire Lord. And in both of these, they do they do it twice because in one of them, Zuko loses his memory and the other, Sokka loses his memory. And basically it's kind of about that relationship and like, you know, being a partner relationship where your partner like kind of no longer exists in a way. Like there's a grieving process to that because in this one, they don't take it all the way back to like baby. But they do take it back to like, you know, Zuko pre-redemption art or like Sokka pre-Zuko's redemption art, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Where they, they hate each other. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really angsty and also like really good though, I will say. So I feel like what makes that different is that A, it's not, you know, about the helplessness of the amnesia, but it's more so about the relationship of that and kind of loss and grief and rebuilding and resiliency. Yeah, that reminds me of it was some article that I, I've seen before of um, some guy who his wife um, lost her memory and he was able to like make her fall in love with him again. Like yeah. it wasn't that she re- regained her memory, mm-hmm. but that she lost it and like was able to like build up that relationship again which is really sweet yeah it's a similar kind of thing also i just realized we never we didn't rate the last one oh yeah sorry no you're fine i was attract what we think nine out of ten i was gonna say the same oh my god oh my god (laughs) i feel like i i feel like i have to reserve 10 out of 10 for a special uh trip do you have one in mind already you don't have to tell me yeah i do okay i think it's our favorite 
I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I would agree. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it later. Honestly, you know what? I'm gonna go nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half. I mean, nine and a half is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say too for the amnesia, it's. I feel like it can very easily be bad though. Yeah. You know, like it's it's a hard one. I feel like to get right and like to not be very frustrating and annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like that could go along with miscommunication. I will say, I feel like amnesia, like going back to the Rapunzel example you had. I feel like it could be interesting, like a mystery type of sense. If like you didn't have the full backstory, but like the protagonist wakes up, you know, they're not entirely sure where they are. They have like enough kind of memory to like perform like basic life functions, mm-hmm. you know? And like people are coming after them. They're not sure why, you know, like they're trying to like build trust with other people, but like they meet along the way, but like it's, it kind of adds to like the mystery aspect. Cause like even the protagonist doesn't know entirely what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like lack of information is like often used as a driving force within a lot of plots, but I feel like a great thing that could be accompanied with amnesia would be um, a villain story where they get amnesia and don't remember that they are a villain Ooh. and they work towards redemption, but they don't know why they need to redeem themselves. Yeah. But I feel like amnesia is not good enough on its own, which obviously no story has one trope. Mm-hmm. You know, you have main tropes, but I feel like amnesia in conjunction with another one could really just chef's kiss. Yeah, and like along the way to like with the villain example, like they're, you know, like having like these sorts of like feelings or, you know, certain um, things people say or like things that happen to them, like they bring up these, you know, really complicated emotions and they like, don't quite make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's drawing on some like older knowledge, right? But they're not sure what that knowledge is. So you as a reader or you as a viewer are like having to kind of like puzzle out like, why are they reacting this way to this? You know, like, like what could like cause they just that? their soup. Why is it so angry? And it's like, exactly. actually their father, like, threw soup on them when they were a child and then they got burnt or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. It's like you don't know that until the end because they don't remember those right, things. Exactly. But even then, just like the soup is the trigger for them. Mm-hmm. Also, I realized I never really fully finished my thought when it came back to Rapunzel. <laughs> that is true. So, yes, continue. <laughs> please. Um, this is the ADD phase. Yeah. So I think it'd be kind of cool actually if like the story starts with like Rapunzel falling out of this tower. Um, you know, and then like deciding to like keep going, not entirely sure why, but like she gets like a really bad feeling in her gut, you know, when she looks at this tower and it's like, I need to get away from here. Not entirely sure why, but like just feels that way. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, along the way, like as she's like, are we doing like Disney's Rapunzel, like Tangled Rapunzel, or like I mean, my Rapunzel? brain always gets tangled. Same, okay, great. I just want to make sure like we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. also, I'm not entirely sure how like the original plot Rapunzel went. It's been super super I'm, sure I'm pretty sure like the prince like went blind or something. Oh shit, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or she went there were there's some blindness that happened in okay. the original story. Um I don't know why. Yeah. But like, you know, and Mother Goth Gothel. Gothel? I'm yeah. sorry, is it gospel? No, Mother Gothel. <laughs> gospel. <laughs> um yeah, so Mother Gothel is like, you know, trying to like reclaim Rapunzel, like her own private fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. Um and like you know, Rapunzel's a long way. It's like, why is this old crone chasing me? Like, <laughs> this hag, this absolute haggard, just disgusting mm. crone. Withered. Withered. Mm. Melting away. Ugh. Turning to dust. If only. If only. I mean, 
Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Remember the movie? She was a dust. Yeah. You think she dies because she hits the ground, but she actually is aging so fast because the magic is gone that she's like, she is like aging so fast that like she dies and then she just like, there's like a puff of dust at the end whenever she (laughs) hits the ground. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should watch the movie. Maybe we should actually. (laughs) Okay. So I would give it a four out of 10. I'm gonna go three. Three? Yeah. Why did I, I didn't even really like it that much and I gave it higher than you. Here's the thing, I can like think of like some good examples of it, but I also know that like if I was reading a book and like in the summary it talked about like amnesia or like specifically if it used the word amnesia, mm-hmm. my gut reaction is like, no, never mind. Put yeah, back. that's true, that's true, that's true. And like that's why I'm basically not right. Cause like I would Cats up there acting fool. Acting fool. They have babies. I know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> hefty. 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 Um. Yeah, but like it would turn me off. Yeah. If like I saw that and like I was not already invested. Okay. You know? I mean that makes sense. Yeah. It does. It does. Okay, I, I, cool. I believe you. Okay. Cool. And, I, and I agree. But I'm just mm-hmm. gonna keep it as a four because I feel like three is too harsh. Okay. And I kind of feel like four is not a five, obviously. So like there's room for improvement, but it's not like absolute garbage. But like it's not my favorite. Yeah, like that ring is like absolute garbage. That would be zero. Yeah, that'd be zero. We don't even have one out of ten. We have zero out of ten. I'm also including eleven as my highest. Okay. Um, as a reference to Spinal Tap. Go on. So with amnesia, mm-hmm. four out of ten. I think I'm okay with that. Um, uh, three out of ten. Yeah. That's my All friends right. are locking it in. Lock it in. All, All right. right, go for it. Next on the docket. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Does that give you like some? Not the docket. Not the docket. Not the docket. Yeah. Next on the agenda. Okay, okay. Okay, continue. Um, I am calling this category, look at all those orphans. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> orphans is, I don't know why orphans are just so popular. It's like a long-standing literary tradition too. Like, yeah, like it's not like a recent thing. This is like old. Like ancient. Like Dickensian. Like Dickens loved orphans. And I don't know why. Did he ever adopt orphans? Probably not. He can't love orphans and then like not help mm, them out. Okay, let me let me rephrase. He loved writing about orphans. He loved rather using, making his characters orphans. He loved using, using orphans. Using them. <laughs> He's like, I've never experienced orphancy myself. Um, but I'd like to imagine what it's like. What it's like. And so he just always wrote about orphans. So in my brief research mm-hmm. for this trip, mm-hmm. um, I found a couple of like really interesting like articles and think pieces on orphans um, in literature and like why they are so omnipresent, right? Because they're everywhere. They are everywhere. Like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, um, Star Wars, pretty much any superhero. Every, all of them. All of them. I'm any chosen one. Any chosen one. They're all orphans for the most part or have like at least one dead parent. And like, it doesn't even have to be like, they were a baby or like, like a Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Yeah. Even like, well, one, his parents were dead and he was being raised by his aunt and uncle. And then his uncle died. Spoiler alert. 
Um, okay, but I'm talking about the Tobey <laughs> Maguire, um, the best Spider-Man, personally. Okay, we're supposed to be best Spider-Man, but I do know exactly what scene we're talking about. It is the best, but you missed my Debbie Ryan uh, talking hair behind that ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the best. Mm-hmm. But regardless, regardless, he was an orphan. He was. I mean, he is. He is. He lives on. He continues to be alive. And our hearts. Movies. Tom Holland and Sophie McGuire. And the multiverse. Yeah. That's true. Anyways. Um, anyway. Yeah. But. Okay. I agree that, like, it's everywhere. You know, it's been used a lot. I don't mind it. It's not bad. I don't mind it. Because you don't have to be tied down to the confines of family structure. Exactly. And, like, forgetting to talk about family. Right. Because, like, okay, think about, like, any YA novel, right? The characters are all underage. If they had parents, parents would be saying, or if they had good parents, parents would be saying, hey, um, don't go out on this dangerous quest instead. Like, stay safe at home. Yeah, and I mentioned Divergent earlier, but, like, she still had parents, but then she went to a different faction, so, like, mm-hmm. the parental ties even though they're still there, yeah. um, are not something that you have to include because she's, exactly. she's she's not connected to them still. Right. She's like a pseudo-orphan. <laughs> orphan by circumstance. Yes, orphan by circumstance, not by choice. No, by choice? But I mean, like, does orphan by choice mean that they kill the parents? Maybe. Maybe, okay. Um, what really came for me when I read that was my current hyperfixation Six of Crows. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the characters in there do not have parents. No need. Um, you know, through some like there's like one exception or two exceptions, I guess. But like, and one of those, the like father is just a dirtbag, and and the other, the father's actually like, cool. But then there's another dead parent. Mm-hmm. So I feel like dead parents, orphanry, and the trauma that arises from that can just be so delicious. Yeah, and it's like, when you're a child, what really, what hardships do you you face? Right. I mean, there's probably some, but like the easiest way to add edge and trauma to a character is to kill their parents. Emotional complexity, or complexity. Emotional complexity Uh um, is giving me emotional complexity, is giving me like, Beyond their years and what should be, like, at age-appropriate maturity. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like that's also what makes it so enticing for, like, especially in YA, for, like, you know, teenage readers to, like, interact with because a lot of times they're already feeling, like, this kind of similar angst is reflected in the characters, right? Like, life is horrible, mm-hmm. like, people, no one loves me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, they may not feel like they have a good reason to be feeling that way, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, let's say, like, they do have, like, parents who, like, are, if not the best, are all right, you know? Like, normal. It, you know? Fine. Yeah. Nothing glaringly bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, like, still feel those same emotions. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives them, like, a, oh, yeah, you know, like, they get it. I feel. Right, exactly. As long as it doesn't turn into, I wish my parents were dead. I mean, yeah. Then we're okay. We're not, we're not getting to like Menendez Brothers over here. No. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 And like, even with like going off of that, like mm-hmm. ser- so many serial killers 
have like bad parents mm-hmm. and some of them have great parents. This is true. Um, and it's like parents are such a, you know, parenting is so like diverse mm-hmm. that it's like, it's such an easy tool to use to further a plot or to, you know, establish a character's morals or whatever because like everybody has parents. Yeah. Everybody has parents. Yeah. So it's like, it's something that everybody can relate to. Right. Um, whether you turn out good or not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll also say too that like with the lack of parents and just like the freedom of that and like, you know, the character development that comes from that, I think there's also an aspect of like how it shapes a person, right? Like yeah. how your parents shape you. Um, because we are all shaped by our parents, whether we like it or not, yeah. in like a myriad of different ways. Um, and like also whether your parents want to acknowledge that or not, mm-hmm. like they have had an effect on you, both for good and for bad. Yeah. Um, you know, so it is kind of interesting to see like someone who um, you know lost their parents very early on, or like who experienced parental loss, like how they interact with the world after that, and like the different ways in which they do so. Because you know, you think of like all these orphans. All these orphans. Look at all of these Look at all orphans. Them. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. all over the place. God, somebody get a wrangle on these orphans. God. Um, yeah, but they're all very different characters though, still, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of shows, I think, too, like the ways, the different ways in which loss can affect us and the impacts that it can have. Yeah, because yeah. I could think of like, you have like Batman. Right. Um, Boo-hoo, my parents died, I'm rich. And it's like... I'm gonna go dress up as a bat in the night and, and like... Kill, and like, fight people. Yeah, beat some, like, criminals up. Beat it's not some, really even, like, villains they dress up with, like, just, like, petty criminals. And he's like... I mean, I night. some of them are... I mean, yeah, some of them are, like, you know, honestly. Jennifer, but... Riddler. I feel like in a lot of, like, ones. the other movies, like, especially, like, Batman Origins, like, he's not starting off, like, you know, these, like, A1 villains. No, he's starting off with a henchman. Exactly. But I'm saying, like, but like when you have like a later in life orphan, where like they have this, I'm thinking more so like this really good relationship with their family. Kind of like your partner, like with his aunt and uncle being his parents, so it's like actual biological parents. Well, I was meaning like actual biological parents, but that works too. Yeah. But just like them like imparting words of wisdom to mm-hmm. them that they you can then like bring back up exactly. in the future to be like, oh, this is my driving force because my family, I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to re- like re- like you know maybe get revenge or maybe like make the world a better place or whatever it is. Right. I feel like by having that like good figure, mm-hmm. it's a nice callback like later. Exactly. You can, you can bring it back, and right. I, it's kind of wholesome. Like, very much like the whole, like, Uncle Ben, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, those words would be over and over and over again. And they're yeah. getting even more weight because of the fate that his uncle suffers. I was trying to think of those, if that was, I, for some reason, I was thinking that came from Spider-Man Superman. Um, no. So <laughs> I was going to say that, but then I was like, Emma, did that come from we Spider-Man? We said edit it out, if you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't say it, and you this did. And you were right, so. Well, it all worked out. Right. So look at all these orphans. Um, seven out of ten. I guess same actually. Yeah. Would you? I do tend to feel positively about it. Like, so I feel like you know, with the first one we did, like this one bigger, I gave it a six, right? Because I feel like positive, but like somewhat neutral about it. Like, yeah. Like leaning towards good feelings, but, like still like in that kind of like neutral mm-hmm, realm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like with um. 
this, I'm like, you know what, we're going to go positive. It yeah. has some flaws and it can be overdone and it's a little overdone, mm -hmm. but I still do like it. But like when it's good, it's good. When it's good, it's good. Um, but it's just like always there. It's always prevalent. Like you cannot escape media, books, whatever. And there not be an orphan. Mm -hmm. There just has to be orphans. Yeah, and like also without like that parental protection, you know, when the characters launched into the world at like an earlier age, I'm like I bring again back to that hyperfixation. Six of Crows. Mm -hmm. um, one of the characters in there, Kaz, he, um, you know, I'm not going to give a lot of it, but he loses his family, and he starts kind of with a street gang, um, and that gives way to a lot of character development too and like hardens him up, gives him skills that like he would not have attained if like, you know, he had stayed like on this little farm with his family. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Alright, 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Okay. So, my last one that I'm going to mention is Best Friend's Brother. Mm. When I think of this, mm -hmm. I think of the Victoria Justice song. You have told me this, yes. Um, who doesn't want a punk rock drummer? That's six foot three. Mm-hmm. Um, every, every person's dream? I'm sorry, what? Every person's dream? Maybe not, not, maybe like not necessarily brother, but just like best friend sibling. Would you want a tall punk rock drummer girlfriend? I mean, yes, but like... In big boots? I feel like them being... I mean, yes, <laughs> but I feel like them being my, like, friend's sibling takes some of that away, right? You don't like it? I don't like it. I feel like it's a great alternate universe um, trope. Yeah. I feel like it could, it could go, like, really well. Like, you could have, like, you know, because you can add that, like, sibling dynamic to mm -hmm. your characters. Um, whether, like, you know, maybe it's found family, but, like, to have, like, actual blood relations. Be like, ew, oh my god, like, just, like, the, the playfulness, the back and forth. I feel like it, I feel like it could add a lot, like, more specifically in, like, fanfic alternate universe, rather than, like, I can't really think of, like, actual best friend brother, like, literature. Literature, yeah. I mean, sure. I don't... I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to put a finger on this, right? Because I don't like this trope, and I'm trying to put words to the feeling. <laughs> because... <laughs> you feel so strongly about it. I'm just... like, it's just, it's a gut feeling. Okay. Like, I yeah, don't trust like your gut. this. Yeah, I think it's because... I'm thinking about it through my point of view, right? My am not a reader, but, like, in terms of, like, a relational dynamic. Mm -hmm. Like, if... I would not... I don't have to do this in a relationship. You're not. If I was straight, or like even like tangentially attracted to men, okay, I would not want to go for your brother, right? Okay. It just feels weird. Like In what something... way? <sighs> mm -hmm. I'm thinking. Okay. Like I understand the fact. Like there's something that's really wrong with that. Like morally speaking. Um, like, it's not like you're dating your brother. True. And it's not like you're dating your, like, or attracted to, like, your partner's brother. Yeah, that would be probably That'd bad. be bad. Um, I feel like it's just... I don't know, it's not like anything. Okay. I mean, 
It doesn't have to. I guess it's not bad. I just, I don't. You don't enjoy it, and you don't, don't have it. to enjoy it. See, I'm also not a friend or a fan of the whole like boy next door, <gasps> girl next door. That's trip. literally what I was thinking about. I, I was like, it's very similar to like boy next door. Exactly, like, and I don't like that. Trip. You don't like it? I find it boring. <sighs> I mean, like I, it's like think bigger. <laughs> yes. Think outside the family. <laughs> <laughs> but I also feel like boy next door, girl next door best friend sibling is one of those similar to destined to be together where it needs to be in conjunction with another trope like a superhero best friend's brother like you know fantasy like i feel like it has to be like something more than just like modern day yeah like boring yeah i think too that like what am I thinking right now? This is gonna be. <laughs> what are you thinking right now? Um, let me just collect my thoughts for a second. Okay. I mean, I feel like with the whole best friend's brother mm-hmm. and like in conjunction with other tropes. Like, okay, here's what here's what I was thinking. Okay. Hit me. If I was reading this, like if I was looking for a book on a shelf, right, and I picked up one that was like best friend's brother trope in it. I would be immediately so much interested. Same with Amnesia. Yeah. You would just be like, meh. Amnesia, I'm like, mm. But like with this, I'm like, eh. I feel like there's, yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying. I feel like there's too much realism. Mm. It goes back to that whole escapism thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And like, I think too, I am someone who's like very protective of my friendships, right? Mm. And like friendships to me are like maybe it's because I haven't had great luck with like romantic relationships, but um, I'm really really protective of my friendships and like they mean a lot to me because I feel like you know to me at least and people may feel differently, but to me at least I feel like you know partners kind of come and go to an extent, but like friendships, like true deep friendships, like those are so important. Sacred sacred yeah and then like i as an individual thinking of this from my point of view would not want to do anything to damage that okay especially saying like go after their brother <laughs> what if they approved i mean there's plenty of fish in the sea but yeah i guess okay i don't it doesn't make me sick but i don't like it <laughs> okay like you don't want to vomit out yeah. But you wouldn't willingly adjust. I'd probably roll my eyes a little bit, honestly. You're like, oh my god, oh my not god. this again. Yeah, exactly. Spaghetti again for the fifth night this week. <laughs> like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what would you rate it? You think a 2 out of 10? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say more positive than I probably. Mm, am I? I don't think you should. I don't think I should. Because you didn't Cause like it. Because here's the thing, you have, my, my gut reaction would probably be like 2. That's what I said. Yeah. I knew it. But through your argumentation and like thinking more about it, I can bring it up to a four. Because I'm like, you know what? Maybe it isn't necessarily a bad trope of it. I just don't like it. Okay. That's very uh, admirable. Yeah. Thank you. See? Yeah, I'd probably put like a four, three or four. Um, what? <laughs> here's the thing. You're going lower than I am? Here's the thing. I didn't like love it, but I thought it was a lot more different than what we've been already been talking about. So I just was kind of like, I wanted to throw in like an oddball in there. 
See, the way you presented it sounded very positive. I know, but the more I thought about it, I was like, literally... So would you say it's like a similar thing that happened with me? Like, you brought me up, I brought you down. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, also because literally the only thing I can think about when I think about this is the freaking Victoria Justice song. <laughs> Um, I cannot think of a single, other than like fan fiction AU. Yeah. I cannot think of like a single story that has like benefited from, or that I can think of that I've read that's been best friend brother. True. I think it's just the song. <laughs> yep. That's doing it for me, so I have to rate it. <laughs> I mean, I'm rating it three to four. Like, honestly, I'd say I, would three that, I would be on board with that. I would say three and a half. Three and a half is a good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, your final one. Final one. You picked a hot one. Hot one. Miscommunication as a plot Hate device it. Hate it. makes me sick. sick. Absolutely Ugh. sick. God. I want to bleh, bleh. gag me with a spoon. Bad. 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 Um, Absolutely I'm, infuriating. It makes me so frustrated, annoyed, viscerally angry. Like, like I'm not someone who expresses my anger, but like, I will get so mad about this. Like, this is the kind of thing, like, you know when you're reading something and it's, like, really cringy, you have to, like, take a second and, like, close the book? Yes. This is how I am, but angry. Yes. Like, I'm angry and I want to close the book. I have to go take, like, a walk. I a have to lap. walk away and, like, collect myself because if I keep on reading, I will throw this book. Exactly. Like, I don't want to hit a cat. Mm -mm. I don't want to break something. No. I just need to take a pause. We on Word? Word. Are very against animal cruelty and hitting cats with books. We are very against animal cruelty. Yes. Um, and we fervently stand by that. Fervently? Yeah. Okay. You got it. Trying out new, trying out new vocab words, you know? Hey! 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 Um, One word, word. Yeah, like, it It just makes you want to, like, bash their heads together and be like, Communicate! Communicate! I want to lock them in a room and say, talk. Use your mouth. Use a pencil and a piece of paper. Like, just tell them what you're feeling. Because mm -hmm. this is how it goes, okay? Let's say you think you caught me cheating. Mm -hmm. I was actually talking with your best friend, planning a surprise birthday party. I knew someone that way. What? I didn't say I knew someone surprise birthday party. Oh my god, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel it. It's like a surprise birthday party, and you said a surprise birthday party, and I'm like, oh my god, what the heck? Same brain. Um, same brain, same brain, so. Um, bouncing back and forth. Just very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's like, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Is this surprise birthday party really worth your relationship? Absolutely Sit not. them down and say, hey, I, along with your BFF, we were planning your surprise birthday party. And you would be like, oh, show me the proof. Yeah. Proof's in the pudding? Yeah. Wow. Love me some pudding. Mm, especially when it comes with some truth. Mm-hmm. Truth pudding, who'd Truth. have thought? The best topping for pudding. The best topping. Do you put toppings on pudding? I put truth on it. I put truth on it, okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's so easy to talk it out. I mean, my god. Just some open, vulnerable communication. I'm not asking around. I will say, Going back to Six of Crows. Okay. <laughs> Six of Crows, um, can you sponsor us, um, author? Hey, um, Lee Bardigo. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, it's it's Shay here. It's um, your girl. Your girl, it's your girl Shay. I know you don't know me, and like that's fine. That's fine. Um, but like, I love you, and I'm doing anything um, for you. I do anything for you, and like, I don't. I cannot act. But if you ever need someone to like 
paint props for like <laughs> <laughs> a TV adaptation or a movie? They uh, actually do have a TV adaptation of Sixty Crows. Oh really? A Shadow and Bones Netflix original. It's only eight episodes. We're working on the second season right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sponsored? <laughs> Come on, thanks. Um, yeah, but the one of the characters, Kaz, the one who um, you know leaves his family, joins the gang. He has a really multifaceted, tragic backstory that he keeps completely to himself, and a lot of that is because of the trauma he's endured and like the mechanisms yeah. he has developed in order to continue functioning despite that trauma. Of course. Um, and it gets frustrating at times when you're just like, oh my God, sir, can you just, can you just tell her like why you know you can't stand human touch? You know, that's an aspect of it. Like he can't. He has hapophobia, which means that he can't. Um, you know, the, the feeling of skin on skin, like skin on his skin, licks him out, like, completely. Yeah, and it's like, that's really not, like, or just tell her that, like, hey, I have this phobia. Exactly. But, like, he doesn't, because he hides himself. And, like, a lot of that is trauma-informed. And, like, at that point, I'm like, eh, okay, it annoys you at the same time. Trauma-informed victim center. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have to take care of our victims here. Yes. <laughs> their trauma. Put them in the middle. Let them take... Let them take the time yes. to talk if they want to. Have the voice. To be fair, um, mm. I would be very annoyed also if you have this whole backstory and you like don't tell me anything. But yeah, especially like if you get to the point where like you are fairly close to this person, and like part of his thing and like the reason he doesn't is because like again with the trauma, he has a hard time forming relationships, and like even when he does, accepting the significance of said relationship because he has lost many important people in his life. Mm-hmm. Um. But, thinking back to one that, like, makes me want to lose my mind. Yes, of course. Um, again, going back to My Hero Academia, <laughs> which we haven't really gotten there yet, but you know at this point, but, like, Azuku, he gets his quirk from All Might. Also, so many spoilers. Apologies. Apologies. Should have said that before, but that's okay. Anyway, his quirk, the one he gets from All Might, has really severe backlash. I'm not going into this stuff. Don't tell me. But it hurts him, and he also cannot fully control it. He, mm. he starts to learn how as the series progresses, but like, yeah, yeah but like he's keeping all these secrets. We're like, hey, what's going on with this? What's going on with this? What's going on with this? And like, he keeps it all to himself, and it's, it's just so frustrating. It's like, you would be so much better off if you just ignored All Might and his whole, like, you can't tell anyone about this. Find one person and tell them. I mean, please. Just one. You don't have to please. tell the whole world. Just one person. I mean, sir, tell your mother. <laughs> You're your 15. Mother? Yeah. Tell your mom. <laughs> we love our moms. Tell yeah. them. Tell them things. Ugh. Yeah. So, this one, it makes me... Oh, I will say, too, mm-hmm. in my brief research yes, of this trope mm-hmm. prior to this... I did stumble across a tweet. The tweet says, oh, oh, the tweet is by at ProYearner, and it says, miscommunication as a plot device is okay as long as it's fucking hilarious, and honestly, I, I do agree. Yeah. I feel like it could be, it could be used well. Mm-hmm. That's it. It could be used well, but it's not used in a, in a beneficial way yeah. very often. And I will say too, going back to like the as a plot device bit, 
I feel like it's different when there's like miscommunication present and like the relationships and like that's having an effect on the relationships versus like when it's having an effect on the plot. Yeah. And like the plot, all the conflict stems from miscommunication. Mm -hmm. That's what annoys me. Yes. Because at that point, it's not about, you know, the characters themselves and trouble opening up or yada yada yada. It's, it feels lazy, mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. It's like, you have created the most frustrating story because you could not think of another just conflict. Mm -hmm. Is that, like, that's what I'm taking this to mean right now. I might yeah. be wrong, but, like, that's what it feels like. It's like, this is the easy way out. Exactly. I'm like, oh, haha, -ha, they, like, they didn't understand each other and now they're angry. And it's mm -hmm. like, exactly. You couldn't have formulated anything else that would make it better. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go one out of ten. I'm gonna say it makes me sick. It, it makes, makes me, me sick. Absolutely sick and I wish there was a way to make it better. Yeah. So miscommunication as a plot device. I feel like that as a plot device piece is important. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give it a freaking zero. A zero. It makes me sick. It makes you absolutely just down for the count sick. Mm hmm In bed for weeks. More often than not, yeah. Yeah. I mean hey. I fully agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So now we've done miscommunication plot device. We've finished up the, this makes me sick. Yes. Makes me absolutely sick. You make me sick. Sick. Right. So we're getting on to the next segment, the final segment, if you will. We call it Red Light, Green, Green Light. Light. It's about prompts for ideas, for things, books, movies, some sort of entertainment Short stories, piece. Mm -hmm. A work, if you will. Yes. Um, and whether or not we would red light them or green light them. Uh, starting off, I'm going to go first. This one says, and we pulled this from Pinterest. Of course. Um, why not? It says, <clears throat> you were born without emotions. To compensate this, or for this, you started a donation box where people could donate their unwanted emotions. You've lived a life filled with sadness, fear, and regret until one day, somebody donates happiness. Yeah, I fucking hate it, red light. You hate it? Yeah. You don't like it at all? Uh-uh. Why not? Um, okay, so honestly, why, if you're born without emotions, would you want to feel all these horrible emotions? No, no, no. No, 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 What? It's not that they want to feel- They created a donation box. For people to donate, not that, I don't think, the way that I read it was not that for people to donate emotions that they didn't want anymore, they still have those emotions, but for people to donate their emotions, like, to share them with you. So I was thinking, like, you could have, like, somebody has, like, is very joyful and they share joy with this person. They're not bored with any emotions and they're not, their intention is not to get all the bad emotions. Their yeah. intention is to be able to feel something, so they're asking people to donate emotions to them so they can also experience it. Mm. And people okay. just choose to give away or to give, maybe it is giving away, I don't know, but they choose, people choose to give their bad ones because they're awful they people. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair. I still don't like it. Why don't you like it? I think... Is there just like you can't, there's not much you can do with it? I mean, that to an extent. But also I think, I mean, I feel like there is, are some ways you kind of do things with it, right? But I feel like for me, it rings hollow in terms of 
like the prompt itself just feels very much like it feels like a very young person wrote it, honestly. Um, and I don't even mean that like as an insult, although it kind of is one. Mm-hmm. I guess I just mean by like as someone who has trouble regulating her emotions and who feels a lot of negative emotions like mm-hmm. all the time. I think, to me at least, a lack of emotion doesn't seem all that bad. <laughs> Like, yeah, and like, I don't know, I don't understand why you would keep that donation box out when all you've got so far are, you know, misery, sadness, fear, regret, like, I mean, at that level, but that happens later. It's like one day someone donates happiness. Yeah, I mean, like a part of me. I don't feel hopeful. I have emotions. <laughs> Maybe they're just naive. I mean, yeah, I don't. That's why I feel like it's written by something like very. Well, young. I feel like there's a way you could go about it and like make it really interesting. Like my brain is thinking. I know I keep coming back to it, but superhero villain, of you know somebody who has this condition or whatever. You're born without emotions. Um, you know, doctors are like, oh, hey, you know, you can, like, uh, like we, you can, people can donate their emotions to you and we can, like, give them to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are given sadness and fear and regret and misery and anger and all these bad things, which hardens them. One day, you know, they visit and they are given happiness and they have to kind of go back from their point of view of, like, everything is awful and sad and I regret all the things that I've done to, like, trying to adapt to a life of happiness. If I could make a good movie, Mm. maybe not a good book. So I think what you said, it kind of helped me realize why I don't like it. Okay. Um, I feel like with it, I don't, I'm kind of like, why do we the box out? And this is bothering me so much, right? Because it's like, if you've only lived a life full of sadness, fear, and regret, that changes you as a person. Yeah. That is going to stifle a lot of your hope. It's going to have, a, like, impacts on your thinking, on your decision-making, on your ability to form relationships and attachments. And, like, I just as someone who, like, at some point in my life have really only felt for substantial periods of time negative, these unwanted emotions, mm-hmm. right? And, like, it just... I feel like it's not really harming them then. It's not really... This prompt itself seems to deny the fact that this would have an impact, right? That, like, this life filled with sadness, fear, regret, I think that that would have a profound impact on a person to the point where they would not keep that box out there. And, like, I do think that it's interesting to have the idea of, like, someone who's only felt sadness, fear, and regret one day feels happiness. Yeah. I do like that bit of it. But it's like this this part before it that I think is tripping me up. And I'm like, I don't like it. Which I mean, if this was a a real like red light green light kind of situation, you can make some changes. This is true. What changes would you? Well, real quick. My brain, mm-hmm. maybe because it was on the TV earlier. Yes. Uh, thought of Despicable Me. Yeah. Um, because Screw is this hardened villain. Mm-hmm. He's like obviously he's like quote-unquote happy with, like, stealing things and, like, villainous stuff. 
but then like something changes whenever he's like experiencing this relationship with the girls, the girl, girls, girls, if you will. Okay. Um, and so like that kind of like turns him into like, um, like a loving father kind of thing. Right. But it's like he has experienced like his mom like being so, um, you know, just uninterested, unimpressed by like all the accomplishments he's made, and he's like constantly like trying to like, prove himself. Um, and I imagine he probably feels like, you know, not the best emotions or like doesn't have the best kind of attitude about things. But then like one day he, you know, experiences happiness or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But like, what is a way that you would think that you would make it better or what, what could it, what could make it better for you? So I think if I just take out the first line entirely, oh my God, right? Box. <laughs> yeah. Like I just take that out of here. Can it not be I'm... a metaphorical box? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a literal box. I mean, like... There is, like, some obvious, like, magical realism in there, obviously, like, mm -hmm. the donation box of emotions. Yeah. But, I, and I do tend to like magical realism, but, like, I have to take that component out for this because it's just tripping me up so much. Okay. Um, so, like, an individual who, like, for some reason has a life filled with sadness, fear, and regret, one day feels happiness. I could think of that as being, like, my mind's drifting more sci-fi, honestly. Okay. Of, like, some sort of... Android? Android, yep. Or, like, you know... Even, like, feeling like the more uh, fantasy route. You know, like, let's say... Somehow their emotions were stolen. Their capability or capacity to feel... How their like emotions were stolen. Enchanted when she has to... Yeah. Um, say yes to whatever she's asked. Exactly. Like, their ability to, like, feel positive emotions has been corrupted or stolen somehow. I do like that in a character... I, I tend to represent more towards like wanting to be darker characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my yeah. emo side, never died. Out. Never went away. Never went away. Never That's really proud of that face, Mom. Um, stop asking me to. Stop asking me. Um, yeah, I mean like it also like it but if I take out that box and print it, it doesn't really give you much to go off of, right? True. It's just a character who up until now has been miserable and is now experiencing happiness. And, like, I do think that can be interesting because, like, a, you know, like, um, a lot of people say this, but I also lived it, where, like, when you get glasses for the first time as a kid, and, like, mm -hmm. you, like, look at the trees, and, like, oh my gosh, they have leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that kind of perspective shift, and, like, the world opening up into something brighter, newer, mm -hmm. um, you know, novel, that has always been there, but you haven't been able to see it, mm -hmm. or really been able to fully experience it. Yeah. I do like that. Um, but I just feel like in terms of making sure that, like, the impact of, you know, this life of misery has fully affected the character as much as I feel like would be at least somewhat realistic, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, I, again, escapism, love it, but, like, at the same time, when characters aren't portrayed in a realistic light especially in terms of, you know, experience trauma or, you know, um, other factors like that that would have a profound impact on their emotional state. And again, like their personality, like yeah. the core of their being. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I start to be like, mm, you know what I mean? So when you were talking about um, the whole glasses, you know, mm -hmm. analogy, something that popped to my head was the movie Soul. I actually haven't seen it. Oh my god. I know, I Shay. Know 
that movie is so good and like not that he's only feeling sadness and regret but he's like not happy like I mean, he kind of is he's not happy with his life you know mm -hmm. he is a school teacher like he teaches music and he really wants to play in like this jazz club and his mom is so disappointed in him because he's a school teacher and all this kind of stuff and he finally gets his big break and then he dies he falls into a sure. manhole and dies. Oh. And then he, yeah, and then he goes into the afterlife and he's like, no, 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 no. I just got my big break. Like, I have to get, I have to get back to my body. Like, this is mm -hmm. ridiculous. And so he fights the whole time to get back to his body and um, all this stuff. But at the end of the movie, he remembers 22, I think her name is. Um, like, whenever she had come to... Because she's the first time she ever came to Earth. Spoiler alert. Who is she? She is a soul. Okay. You're a soul, and then you get sent to Earth. Sent to Earth. Okay. And then when you die, you go back to wherever you were. Whatever. Okay. Um, but she, like, gets sent into his body, and she's, like, eating pizza for the first time. And she's seeing yeah. those, like, twirly things that fall from the mm -hmm. trees, and just, like, enjoying every small moment. Right. And then whenever he finally gets back to his body... And he goes and he plays at this jazz club, and he's like, this is not everything I thought it was going to be. Right. And then he realizes, like, he thinks about, you know, how 22 was when she was in her body. And just, like, the purity and, like, the just the innocence of just appreciating everyday life. Mm -hmm. I feel like is isn't necessarily this kind of, like, only feeling sadness in life and fear and regret, but kind of, like those bad emotions that everybody can experience and then like finding the joy in the simple things is mm -hmm. kind of along those lines of like feeling these bad emotions like being down about your job and you know wanting your big break and like finally getting it and realizing it's not what you wanted but mm -hmm. then finding happiness in any way right no I that sounds like a beautiful movie you would love to watch oh it. it's an incredible movie um, also I would also red light I think oh really no definitely oh okay <laughs> no 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 I would you seem very surprised about what? But I didn't like it. I didn't like that prompt. I thought, well, you you picked the you picked it to talk about, so I thought maybe you kind of liked it. No, no, no I picked it so I could shit on it. Okay. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. honestly, I picked it because I had like some immediate thoughts that okay. I wanted. To no, get. that's <laughs> fine. No, I mean, I I also feel like there's not enough. Um, that too. I feel like there's not enough to go off of. Um, I do think the box thing isn't that big of a deal. I feel like it's fine, but um, I just feel like there's not enough. There's not enough context to yeah. really like like I said like I took something similar like the movie Soul mm -hmm. and related it back to this but like I would not get Soul if I read this prompt yes like I would not get something so heartfelt and so meaningful like I, I can see where it gets talking about like you know bad emotions and like mm -hmm. how you should treat people nicely and happiness like you know you should want other people to be happy but like that's just like a pet pop yeah and can I say the last yes when you're talking about soul, it actually, I think, I know how I would change it to be something that I would actually, at least... Might green light. Might green light. Okay. Although I completely agree, and that was going to be my other point, that, like, it's it's not enough. Yeah. You know, this isn't really a plot. This is maybe, like, a subplot or, like, you know, a... A, a character. Character like, arc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, as a character arc that I would enjoy, I feel like I would... I would like it... I think if it was, you know... Like I said, I feel like living a life this way with like only, what is it, fear, sadness, regret, um, it would profoundly shape your thought patterns, mm -hmm. your cognitive patterns, right? 
um, how you think about the world, how you think about other people, how you think you're about your place with other people and in the world. And like, I think that if someone did just immediately experience happiness, I don't think that they would be able to experience like pure happiness. You know, mm-hmm. I think that like that happiness would feel somehow tainted, right? Yeah. Of like that kind of tainted, like maybe this is good, but then also like why I'm like I'm getting way too optimistic about this. Like I need to turn down. Like go back to the fear aspect. Like a wrestling like, dog. Like, yeah, or like someone who's been abused. That's yeah. true. Um, yeah, but like I think that you know then the arc being more this person learning how to accept happiness accept it and like experience pure happiness you know because i don't think that that would happen immediately Mm -hmm. i think that like even if they were given the capacity to do so right that like it would not be immediate they're still so jaded so cynical exactly like oh my god now i'm happy yeah, like, it would feel like, what's wrong? Like, something's wrong right now. And also now. realizing that, like, happiness is not a state of being. And, like, happiness, like, oh, people can experience happiness. It's like, yes, it's an experience. It's not like I'm happy all the time. Yeah, and, like, coming emotion. to the realization of, like, oh, I've never felt happy. And mm-hmm. I expected it when I did. Like, I expected it to be, like, how I'm always going to be feeling. And, like, having to come to the realization of, like, no, you will be sad still. Yeah. You will be fearful. You will have regrets. But, like, you're still happy at the end of the day. You know what I think would be even a more interesting for us? Yes. Going back to Ella and Shannon. Let's say that, like, instead of, like, taking away her ability to say no, instead she took away the, you know, godmother or whomever, took away her ability to feel negative emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And that curse was broken. And then all these ones are coming in, and she was flooded by that. I think learning how to live with those negative emotions. Like the and fact realizing that she that, almost killed something. Yeah, yeah. And, like, living with that and, like, Acknowledge the fact like negative emotions are not inherently bad. Mm-hmm. They're just a part of the human experience of the full scope. You mean inside out? That too. Exactly. Yes. yes. Inside out. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the moral message for inside out. That's what I'm saying. Movie. <laughs> Incredible movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely love it. So we movie. would both red light. Absolutely red light it. Okay. Like it's just not giving me enough. What is giving me? I have questions and thoughts. Not thoughts. Mm-hmm. Not good thoughts. Not the best. <laughs> no. Alright, well, for our last, uh, our last thing for today, um, my prompt story thing says, you lost your sight along with everyone else on the earth in the great blinding. Mm. Two years later, without warning, your sight returns, and as you look around, you realize that every available wall, floor, and surface has been painted with the same message don't tell them you can see. I love this. I think it's really? such a good premise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so much you could do with it. Um, I feel like you could, um, I feel like honestly it'd be a great horror game, not necessarily a horror movie. Um, I feel like you could make it a really good, um, you know, book or story as well. Because it's like, you know, everyone is in this similar experience. Um, and it could be an alien thing where the aliens are blind. Um, kind of like a quiet place bird box type thing. Mm-hmm. Of like this like unidentified, you know, being um, that maybe is blind and that they made everybody else blind too, but then they realize that you don't you can't let them realize that you you can see again. Mm. Or, you know, just like I don't know, I feel like there's such when I read this, like I could definitely imagine like such a panic like feeling like if somebody had written this 
Um, I don't know. I, I think it's great. So I read this prompt and immediately I was like, this feels familiar. Where have I seen it before? And it's because I watched this movie called Blindness from 2008. Okay. It has a very similar prompt or like kind of initial idea, right? Of like some sort of virus or disease has come around. Everyone's gone blind as a result of it. Mm-hmm. And like, this is it It feels like M. Night Shyamalan. Like, let me double check. Um, it sounds like an M. Night Shyamalan. It's not. It's not. Fernando Mira. Mires. Yeah. I'll see what other stuff he's done. Yeah. He also did. Anything of the substance? No. Was it a good movie? Uh, no. Okay, so you no. did it well. It was not done pretty well. The, like, I'll just tell you now, because honestly, I wouldn't recommend watching it. Okay. It's, it's also in Portuguese, I will say. Um, I'm not sure why or how I stumbled across <laughs> this, but I did, and it still lives on in my memory. Okay. Um, it, the, the twist at the end is that some people in here, A, are not blind. Like, that's, like, part of the thing of, like, someone's like, oh, I'm no longer blind. The other thing is that some people who are, like, basically, everyone goes blind, and, like, they put them in these, like, like, almost, like, isolation kind of camps, right? Okay. Um, for blind people. And, like, there's also people who are put in these camps who were already blind. Who, like, you know, maybe, like, were blind since birth, for example. And, like, are also, like, mistakenly kind of put in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, not, not to criticize you, but I do feel like this could be sticky in terms of not kind of leaning into some more, like, ableist ideas rolling involving blindness okay. of, like blind people being like incapable or like not or, or lacking in some way right I feel not like, necessarily but I feel like it could be and that's no, no, why like, could. I feel like for this to be done well I would be a little more hesitant to green light it because of that because I'd be like okay are any like people who you know have a visual impairment or blindness are there any of them working on this project but right? here's the thing yes yeah but also, from a supernatural or mythical, whatever kind of element, um, it could be like a Avatar Last Airbender with like Toph. Uh, where like you use, well, hers was like, you know, earthbending, but mm-hmm. like echolocation or like some kind of thing right. to be able to see. Maybe that's like part of like, maybe there's like a mutation evolution type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not necessarily people are like they're incapable or right. incapable sure I wasn't sure it yeah. didn't sound right when I said incapable. it incapable then it's not uncapable yeah incapable okay anyways um but like to be able to portray people as like and maybe it's not just two years maybe it's like a long time mm-hmm. of evolution where people are able to adapt um in certain ways I, I think it'd be interesting to see, like, society adapt. Yeah. You know, like, even, like, I think that would be really cool in terms of, like, leaning into the, like, disability activist idea of, like, it's not the disability that disables or, like, you know, makes life so much harder. It's the lack of access. Yeah, and you can life. make things more, yeah, accessible mm-hmm. and more, um, you know, accommodating. Um, it also kind of gave me um, Maze Runner vibes. I can see that. Um, of, like, people being stuck, you know, mm-hmm. in this 
area. Um, and then whenever they get out, they realize, like, oh my gosh, like, the world is ruined. Um, with, like, the scorch or whatever. And then there's, like, these zombie-type things. But there's, like, all these, like, things where, you know, whenever they escaped, like, they didn't. Whenever they were, like, got, they were found by the people, I don't know, whatever entity it was, mm-hmm. um, they didn't want to, like, let them know um or you know kind of this like secretive thing of like the whole like oh blindness like keep it to yourself mm-hmm. um like I, a, it's like sort of like zombie bite but like not the same what i think would be interesting is like instead of you know the the main characters sight completely returning mm-hmm. is like they're they get flashes of sight Right, I think mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think I would like that. I think better than like their sight returning like full stop. It also says without warning, your sight returns, and as you look around, you see that. So like it could yes, be exactly doesn't necessarily mean that like your sight is back forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I feel like in that reading, I would be a lot more likely to green light it because I think like that also opens up some ideas about like if they did choose to like disclose this information, like. I, my sight just, like, randomly returned for a second, for, like, you know, like, ten seconds max, Mm -hmm. and, like, I saw this written on the wall, and, you know, the person being, like, the person they're supposed to be being, like, are you okay? Like, are you you hallucinating? Have you been, like, doing some shrooms? Yes. Did you get into something? What's going on? Also, I will say that, like, you know, this is saying like you lost your sight, right? Mm-hmm. I think it'd be interesting too if the character was like already blind, like had only known, had never really known sight, and like they randomly get that for a second. Mm-hmm. Where everybody is blind still, like you, like the main character has been blind, and then mm-hmm. everybody goes blind, and then they start getting flashes of sight. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. No, I think like there's so much you could. Or like mix it up with. before their time, before they were, were even born, everyone was blind. Mm-hmm. And, so and then know. they were born into that society yeah. that was already all all blind. Mm-hmm. And they haven't known anything else. I them. would say another thing that I feel like the person who is writing or telling the story we need to be cautious of is what is the resolution of this? Is the resolution that everyone's sight returns? Because yeah. that feels problematic. A little bit. It could it could definitely get there. First, so like everybody is able to adapt, um, like life is adapted around um, blindness. Yeah. Um, but like, is it? It could just be that it's like a, like I said, like an alien monster type thing mm. of like, not necessarily that sight comes back, but that whoever it is that you can't tell them that you can see is defeated. And, like, life continues on as it has been since everybody's blind. Yeah. But it's just, like, it's not necessarily that, like, the goal is to become, like, to have sight again. Mm-hmm. But it's to defeat whatever is out there. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. I think, too, with this, and, like, part of the reason I'm, like, really leaning towards, like, their sight not returning in school mm-hmm. is because I feel like if you're telling the story in which, like, all the characters are blind in some regard it would be kind of weird to like have the the not even weird it just it feels a little icky to like have like the savior be the person who can see you know yeah and like kind of feels like it's feeding into that like 
you know, the able person will, like, save you from yourself. Yeah. And as you're obviously so unaware and incapable of, like, knowing that this is happening, what the threat is. Obviously not with your telling, with, like, the alien of, like, the threat being known. But I feel like... Maybe the threat isn't known. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like also you could have a kind of position or, like, plot device, character, whatever, um, occupation... Kind of like the giver, where you have like somebody who's like the sightseer. Mm. Um, you have like somebody who is chosen um, to see, and it's all these horrific things. Mm. Um, but like maybe it was like a mix-up, like the person, like you, the main character, whatever, is not supposed to tell that they can see because they weren't supposed to be like the sightseer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot that you could like kind of mix up, do a lot. I don't know. I think I'd greenlight it. Yeah. I'm pretty for it. I think it's really cool. I especially, like I said, not that I'd ever play it because I am a wimp, um, but I feel like it'd make a really cool, like, horror video game. I feel like you would watch someone playing it Oh, on is Markiplier? Yes. Call me. If he played a game based on this, I would watch it, no doubt. Yeah. I live for watching horror games. I just can't play it. Fair. I don't, yeah, so with this one, maybe it would... I would have to really kind of see what's going on with it and, like, where the person's trying to take it mm-hmm. before I meant that. You need to be, like, producer. I'm yellow lighting it. You're yellow lighting it. I'm yellow lighting it. I'm saying maybe, but you gotta be real cautious with this shit. And show. you need to, like, give me ample, like, context information. Like, I need to be a part of, the of like, the creative process mm-hmm. so I can know if this is going to go well before I put my stamp of approval And also it. with this, like, you have to have someone, at least one person, if not, like, quite a few, like, people who actually do have lived experience with blindness or visual impairment mm-hmm. on this team. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it feels... Icky. Icky. Icky, Vicky. Icky, Vicky. Also, Icky, Icky. Icky, Icky. Makes me sick. Oh, makes me sicky. Makes me sick. Yeah. Yes. So, I would yell about it. I mean, proceed with caution. Proceed with caution. That's a good, that's a good... Um, yeah. Middle conclusion, I feel like. hmm Well, I think that wraps us up for uh, episode one. Whoa. Uh, word? Word. Thank you, everyone out there who has listened to us ramble for like an hour and a half. Oh my god. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, make sure you listen on Spotify, Apple Music, and all wherever those Wherever you get Apple your podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, wherever you get them because, as you can tell, I do not know. We do not know. We do not know. We don't know but, who you are, but we want to. And we want to, and we want you to write to us if you have any story prompt ideas, mm-hmm. if you have any tropes you'd like, if you have any fun segments you could think of that we could add. We are aching for ideas here, Aching for ideas. Just aching for them. Achy breaky. Mm-hmm. So, we shall catch y'all on the flip side. On the flip flip. Bye. Bye.